to the Doghouse Week 6 Edition. Your inside look at the Cleveland Browns. You're an SB Nation Dogs by Nature. I'm Andy McNamara alongside Matt Florjancy from WKYC Sports in Cleveland. Browns getting ready for the Seahawks. Tough one. Cleveland returns to First Energy Stadium, their home. Seahawks, of course, different team on the road. Then with their 12th man in Seattle. This is an important game. Browns have the bye after this. New England follows that. And this coming off of that absolute train wreck loss from Monday Night Football to the 49ers. Matt, how are you feeling now that we've had uh, several days to digest that loss? You've been around the team. What's, what's the vibe you're feeling? Is there panic? Is there tension? How is that team feeling? There is no panic. Uh, it's it's a you know what we have to do. We just have to go and do it mindset. Uh, Jarvis Landry had an interesting press conference on Thursday. I thought where he said we deliberately and intentionally need to get Odell Beckham near the ball. That hmm. so we need to get the ball in our playmakers' hands. Our playmakers have made plays. We're given the opportunity. We're just not getting the opportunity. Basically, we're not getting many opportunities. And I'm thinking, wow. It hmm. didn't take six weeks to call out the play calling. This well, go real well. Well, and Matt, the thing is, what have we been talking about on the show? We saw what looked like the play calling from last season with Freddie Kitchens in the Baltimore game. In the San Francisco game, right. they, they still use Chubb to a certain degree, but if you fall down early, of course, you, that kind of goes away. It just looks like... I don't know. Is it is it Todd Munkin's influence that isn't working? It just seems like why would you not go back to the formula that worked in Baltimore and really get the ball out of Baker Mayfield's hands sooner and get it to Odell? Like Matt, the big touchdown OBJ had was on a slant, a crossing route, what, 10, 12 yards? And then he took it to the house. Why are we not seeing more of that? I don't get it. Yeah, I'm not really sure what the deal is. Uh, why they can't get the ball out quicker, why they can't seemingly run open routes really anywhere on the field except in the Baltimore game. I mean, they, they have, have had serious issues offensively. You have to wonder. All right, you could say, oh, is it too much on Freddie's plate? I don't think it's too much necessarily on his plate so much as it is too many voices in the head of the starting quarterback. Well, now that's interesting. So, because you you have Munkin who has one way of doing things, you have right. Kitchens who does things another way. You have Ryan Lindley, the quarterback coach. You have many different voices that are communicating things to Mayfield throughout the week. Mm. Now, game day it's different. Game day it's there's one assistant in the booth that can talk to Freddie, and then Freddie does the talking from there. Okay, but. There's there's a miscommunication somewhere along the way. We're not playing with strengths. But that's on Freddie, right, Matt? Like that's on Freddie to be like, okay, here's here's the plan with all these voices. Then you got to get everybody on the same page to be delivering the same message. Yeah, that is on the coach. Right. Say, hey, everyone's going to be in lockstep behind me, and Freddie's going to know what dissension among the coaching staff looks and feels like and results in because huh. he lived it. Yeah. Uh, he actually, that's the reason why he got the job because he was the last three years. 
Yeah, well, yeah. You know, they have to be very, very cautious about letting this train come off the tracks here because it's a promising season filled with a lot of hope could come off the rails real quick if they're not on the same page. And I I know that Prefer and Wilkes and Munkin, the coordinators, the athletes, Look, it's a process. It takes time. I see the improvements. This guy's improving. This guy's improving on the field. I couldn't do that damn much improvement. So why don't you just stop talking and why don't you start coaching him? I'm with you, man. I'm with you. And the doghouse brought to you by Cleveland Whiskey. ClevelandWhiskey.com are great sponsors there. Terrific for sipping on its own, like the 87 straight bourbon or, or just the original bourbon on its own. Uh, as well as the Underground Series with the award-winning Black Cherry. The Hickory Wood is just something else. The Rye. Open House too, folks, <coughs> is uh, is Saturday. So it's actually, we're recording this on Saturday. So it's it's uh, today at 2 o'clock. So if you're watching live in Cleveland uh, on twitch.tv slash Live right now, uh, head on down, 2 to 6. And if you miss it, make sure you're following them on social media for their great Open House events. The Christmas Bourbon is going to be unveiled soon, which is a favorite ClevelandWhiskey.com on Twitter at ClevWhiskey and Instagram at Cleveland Whiskey. And on Twitch.tv slash AndyMacLive, you can jump in the chat room like Mendez90 did. And he has a question, Matt. He says, Baker must step up his game. He can't struggle from here on out. What is your opinion on Kitchens as a head coach? So, so far, Matt, as a head coach, we know the play calling's been iffy. Um, I, 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 like My feeling is like he's... He's still trying to figure it out, and boy, maybe he has a little bit more of an appreciation for what Hugh Jackson had to do, had to do and that it isn't as easy as it looked. Yeah, I don't think it's as easy as people like to give, to give it credit for, and I, I would say there are moments where he looks really, really good, and there are moments where he is completely lost. Yeah. And you can't really have that kind of inconsistency from your coaching staff and your head coach because those will show up in the play um, uh, on the field. And I think we're seeing that. I do not – I don't think he's done a great job. Right. I don't think it's as bad as it could be or as people perceive it to be. But if they go – say they lose this week to Seattle and then come up to buy and get flashed by the evening, then you're two and five, and you're sliding up all the rest of the way. Yeah. Then I think it's going to be more of an issue. Right now, I think he can still stem the tide if he finds a way to get a win in the next two. But if he doesn't, that's going to be a problem. Well, yeah. And you have Seattle, then you have the bye to prepare for New England. With the Patriots, like, man, you, you never know. Last time they beat the Patriots was the game I was at in 2010, the Peyton Hillis year, where it was Colt McCoy and Peyton Hillis, and they won with Eric Mangini as head coach. So it it can happen. Um, I would just say, Matt, like, then you have Denver, and all these games that we say are, quote, easy. Well, then they become really pressure-filled games for for the Browns, and who knows how they they handle that. So this is something where, for the Ravens too, man, they had Pittsburgh, they get the Bengals this week, so you're going to see the Ravens at 4-2. and two. you got to start keeping pace, right? You and, and take care of your division business, which they have in the one opportunity, but you can't let the Ravens be getting two, two games up on you. Yeah, 
or more. No, you can't fall. You, you can't fall massively behind if you do. You're you're going to end up in a spot where you can't. You're going to have no room for error. Meaning you're going to have to win out, and you do not want to do that. No, no, not at all. And now the Seattle Seahawks, they are as we said off the top, they are a different team on the road than at home. Now they're four and one this season, right? Um, I'm just seeing their one loss did uh, it came at home, funny enough, but. They are traditionally a different team on the road, not quite as dominant. But Matt, oh man, like Russell Wilson is looking as good as he ever has in his whole career. Like he is firing on yeah. absolutely all cylinders, and the defense, while not Legion of Boom level, is still very good. Here's how you know uh, how good Russell Wilson really is this year. He took up his stat lines and his. His accomplishments took up five pages in the weekly the game notes wow. for the Seahawks. Wow. Uh, anytime you get more than one, that's pretty damn impressive. He's got five. And wow. uh, he's legit. He was legitimately, uh, after the uh, egg that Mahomes and Chiefs laid in uh, Indianapolis, uh, he's a front runner to the MVP. <laughs> Well, yeah, him, him, him and Mahomes can't argue with it. And uh, be interesting to see, too, how Mahomes' ankle is this week and what should be a real fun matchup against the, the Texans. That could be a lot of fun. But, yeah, man, they, like the Seahawks are looking uh, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, somebody better change the light bulbs on the scoreboard. <laughs> no, well, the, the thing is, like, you look at the division, too, for them, they're not in a, a position where they can – afford to take a week off. You got San Francisco, who we just saw at 4-0. I still don't think they're as good as they as we made them out to be. Rams are 3-2. You have to figure at some point they're going to turn it on. What a surprise. Arizona, led by the, the, the wee guy, Kyler Murray, in the basement. Ha! Just like I told you, folks. Just like I told you. Anyway, I won't get into that. Uh, so that, that division right now is still very, very tight and close. And the receiver, Matt, that I have my eye on, now Tyler Lockett's done a nice job, but my combine crush, DK Metcalf, the body armor-like body of Batman. He's starting to come out a little bit. Yeah. Dude, right? Like, he's he's starting to click a little bit as well in that yeah. running game with Chris Carson. Yeah, he's starting to come out pretty, pretty well. Well, he's got that. And then Carson's had some fumble issues, but that running yeah, game I'm you have to maintain. Well, the thing with Seattle is they've always been in his tenure that they've been built around the run. I mean, he had Carson yeah. and Chris Carson, and then they drafted the kid on San Diego State that had like a fashion uh, shot penny. Right. And as a famous football manager, managing the uh, having the Seahawks running back like having a Patriots running back. Oh, it can yeah. be very good one each and very aggravating the next. Yeah. Um, so. When I look at it, it doesn't really matter who seems to get the ball. They find ways to make plays. Like I said, Carson's not having the greatest year, but he's going to be their workhorse, and he's going to be the guy that's going to get him across the goal line. Yeah. Mendez90 on twitch.tv slash Mac live in the chat room uh, saying, honestly, playoff team and Wilson is having what could be his best season to date, which is incredible with the career he's had. Tough division to be successful, and which is true, and, and you have to think at the very least a wild card. But right now... Um, I don't know if there's 
a quarterback if in, in a one-off game that you'd take outside of Pat Mahomes than, uh, than Russell Wilson at this point in the season. So, Matt, when we look at this with the defense, um, injury-wise, are Greedy Williams and Denzel Ward, I know they were were kind of considered day-to-day by Freddie Kitchens. Are we still waiting to see if they're, they'll play, or do we have a decision on that? Uh, no decision yet. If I was a betting man, I would say that. Again? Uh, so I'm on! I give no indication that he recovered from their hamstring injuries, and at this point, you kind of have to look at it as you're going to be playing through the bye week without him. I, I think they'll wow. give him, they'll sit him out again this week and then expect him to be back for the Patriot game. Wow. A month? Double hamstring suffered within minutes of each other at practice and then we'll both return. Seems a little, it's still a little fishy. You know? The defense overall um, held up. Last week was just, I think, poor scheming by Steve Wilkes. Like, Matt, Matt out of that 49ers game, um, they, he did not game plan well. And you have, you have another system here that is based off of the run and can be very mobile. I hope, I hope our defensive coordinator took some notes on himself and how to adapt and make better defensive adjustments because that's been a strength of the team. Uh, wasn't the case Monday night. No, it certainly was not. Uh, the guy in Wilkes said he took the blame uh, for everything. He said what I saw was a team that was slow, was sluggish, and that starts with me. I didn't do a good enough job to get these guys to play. They thought they could, you know, just run out there and win the game. Man. And you, you took the full blame of it, which you, I mean, that's a good thing that uh, you recognized it. And, that means that he's paying attention to the right things. Yeah. Uh, I'm not really worried about Steve Wilkes. He's a great defensive coach. Uh, he will get things rectified. The problem is they can't get any practice on the field. The offense has to take too. Yeah. And, it, it, I mean, it is the ultimate team game. If the offense can't do anything, that means the defense is getting overexposed. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right, man. You're right. Absolutely. Uh, you're listening to The Doghouse, your inside look at the Cleveland Browns on SB Nation Dogs by Nature. Brought to you by Cleveland Whiskey. Visit clevelandwhiskey.com. Not just in Ohio, you can get it anywhere, well, many places in the U.S., folks. Not in Canada yet, unfortunately. I'm, uh, I'll campaign or maybe, maybe I should make that an election issue, Matt. Say, I'll vote for you if you can get me Cleveland Whiskey up here. Think that'd be a platform? <laughs> uh, I think it would be a very successful platform. Well... Yeah, maybe I should run on that. I'll get you booze. Let's go. <laughs> hey, man. Andy Prohibition time in the States, you'd be the most popular man in town. Well, the CFL commissioner already has called me a national treasure, so I'm already partway there. Right? I got my campaign, man. You know, it's, it's all good. We can do it. We'll get it done. Yeah, he's your, he's your hype man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, Matt, so... He's a pretty good guy to have in your wall. Oh, yeah. Hey, he's a good dude. I really like Randy Ambrose. He's a, he's a good, wise man with those comments for sure. Uh, but we, we look at this. Uh, we look at this, the, the, the offense, Matt. Um, obviously, the run game for both teams is a strength. The run game has to get thrown out the window if you get down early and by a large margin. Uh, assuming that we don't have another 83-yard gallop by the opposition, do you feel comfortable that, that Freddie Kitchens is going to stay and try to really 
lead this offense through Nick Chubb and then uh, uh, see what Baker can do after that? He doesn't have a choice. Uh, yeah. Nick Chubb is the, is the engine that drives the team. Everybody says, oh, it's Baker, Baker, Baker. It's like, no. Nick Chubb might be the best player on the team right now. Hmm. And he's the only one that has – him and Jarvis were the two guys that played offense or defense against the 49ers that had a good game. Jamie Gillen had a good game as well, but, uh, you know, talking about the punter is, is getting a little frustrating as a Browns fan. Yeah. Uh, so looking at that, I mean, Nick Chubb had over 80 yards rushing. Uh, didn't have much in the way of receiving, but then Jarvis Landry still had four catches for 75 yards too. Mm-hmm. So he put out a good product. It was just nobody else could do anything. The no. line couldn't block right. The quarterback held on to the damn ball too much. Uh, the receivers couldn't really get open, whether it was scheme or skill related. We don't know fully, but it looked like a combination of both. Nothing else went right except for Nick Chubb and Jarvis Landry. And if you say throughout the week, we have to do a better job of getting our playmakers the ball, that doesn't just include Beckham and Landry. That includes Nick Chubb. And when Kareem Hunt comes back from suspension, that's going to include him too. Yeah. You got a lot of toys, but you got to get him the ball. Uh, Rashard Higgins looks like he should come back. If he does, be interesting to see how much he's used. But Matt, like, again... The thing is, when people criticize Baker for holding on to the ball, I'm not saying he's perfect by any stretch, but when I look at the plays being called... To do? Throw interceptions? Thank you! Matt, Matt, here's the thing. When I look at replays of when he was sacked or pressured or had to throw the ball away or whatever, you know what routes I see? Go routes. I see deep, long routes. It, in the Baltimore game, Freddie Kitchens got the ball out of his hand. I don't know. Can someone just, like, j- just scream that in his ear? Like, give an out option. Give a couple short crossers, whatever. Outlet passes. Send a couple guys down. I Sure. But give the option. You have to... How have we been saying this all season, Matt? You got to earn the default. Because teams are just going to blitz your ass until you figure it out. So if you get those short passes out, make them pay, that's when they'll have to back off a little bit. And you got a guy like Ezekiel Ansa, who's fresh, who can be a havoc wreaker on the Seattle club. You got to earn that deep ball. Get the short pass. Let them make plays. Learn from the Jets game. Get the ball in your playmaker's hands. Let them do something with it. I don't understand. I have not heard an answer as to why they are not doing that. Here's the thing with that I agree fully with the crossing routes and the underneath stuff. Take what the defense gives you. If they're covering the go route and they're bringing the house pressure out, that means the middle of the field is wide open. Have yes. a tight end. Have a slot receiver. Have somebody. Run a crossing route. Yep. Run a, a, a short slant or a hook route. I mean, an arrow route. There, there's a bunch of options here that they could take underneath. And, oh, by the way, they've sprung a couple of those short passes for this game. Yep. Beckham on a slant. Mm-hmm. 89 yards of the house. Ricky Seals Juice was not a long route. It wasn't a 59-yard throw to the air. It was a shorter throw that he took up the field. Jarvis Landry caught that, uh, a pass against San Francisco that was maybe a seven-yard pass in game play. Take what the defense gives you. If you have to, I know people say, oh, well, they dink and dunk. Yeah, well, if the 
if you're going to run go routes the whole time, you become very predictable, and you're given pass rushers like Nicky Anta and Jadavian Clowney free reign to, to bury your quarterback in the turf multiple times, that's, that's bad planning. That's bad game planning. Mm-hmm. Look, I understand. Odell Beckham Jr., one of the fastest guys in football. I understand. Antonio Cal makes it fly. But I, I'll get to him in a minute. Uh, <laughs> I know you will. <laughs> you, you can't rely completely on speed here. This isn't a track team. I mean, we look good on paper, but this, this is football. You have to have more skills than that, and Odell does, but there are some times where you need to give the defense a new look, and if they're taking away the home run, hit Odell on a slant, and he can house it from there. Yeah. But yes, we can work, but holy cow, like the kid has an amazing talent and an amazing speed. Put him in space. He catches the slant with two steps on the defender, Nobody's going to catch him. Yeah, exactly. And we got a, a question in asking how Seattle's run defense is. Uh, a bit better than middle of the pack. They've given up the 11th fewest fantasy points to running backs this season. So they're they're a bit better than half. So they're not elite, but they're very good. And, and that, again, is, all right, you want to get the ball into Odell's hands, man? Do those short routes. Matt, We we're I'm saying that, you're saying that. What concerns me, and maybe it goes back to the question of how good a job Freddie Kitchens is doing as a head coach, seems like he's got his initial game plan. I'm not impressed with the in-game adjustments at all. It just seems like that's where it comes into, is there too much, is it is it whatever? Because especially the San Francisco game, you're still running go routes when Nick Bosa is destroying you? DeForest Buckner is on you? Like, where is the adjustments? you got to figure that out real quick if you're the Browns and, and make those adjustments because we're all seeing it. Why aren't they? That's my concern. The, the best coaches can make in-game adjustments. Absolutely. From quarter to quarter, half to half, the, the elite ones do a play to play. You rarely see the Patriots get dashed for multiple big plays on a drive. Yeah. Very rarely. Why? Because the coach is really damn good at making mm-hmm. in-game adjustments. Yep. I know he's still running on the fly, and he looks like it. And full disclosure, he looks like it. Yeah. yeah you, you That's got, the problem. you got to try to figure out how to do that. Short passes, Fred. Come on. Let's go. Smarten up. Uh, got a Browns fantasy football uh, sleeper for you this week, Matt. You mentioned earlier, I'm going back to Ricky Seals-Jones. Put that stinker from Monday, bury it, burn it, on all aspects. I don't think it was a fluke or a one-off, the athleticism and potential. We know the mismatch with his size. 6'5", 243, converted wide receiver. Great hands, very good route runner. Better route runner than David Njoku, in my opinion. Um, You have a guy here who is going to get open if, again, the right routes are called because uh, OBJ is going to be covered and doubled up. Jarvis Landry is going to have a focus on him. Nick Chubb, they got to keep an eye on. Well, that can leave Ricky Seals-Jones open as a chain mover, as an end zone guy. Like, there's somebody, and on your DraftKings lineup, he's 3300 bucks, and he's going to be available likely on your waiver wire if you're because there's four teams on by this week. So if you're missing one of the a Darren Waller, an Eric Ebron, a Jack Doyle, whoever else on by, that's a guy you can pop in, and at least the upside is, is going to be there, and you know he, he can do it whether the Browns, Baker Mayfield, and the play calling allow him to do it is a different story. Yeah. Uh, it, it really comes down to 
what plays they're calling. Are yeah. they trying to reinvent the wheel here and it's really make a hybrid between Brady and Todd Lincoln? Look, I understand why you wanted to bring in a coordinator. It made all the sense in the world sure. to bring in a guy that could take the pressure off of Freddie. But if Freddie continues to beat the drum, then he's going to be the play caller. You know, you better start showing some stuff. Because it's, it's not working. What you're doing is not working. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, why, why is it going that way? Why is it... Why are the adjustments not being made? That's what we're going to have to see if they learn. Because we're getting to a point where you got a scheme to get the guys the ball. And now Seattle, probably, at least early, will focus even more on Odell Beckham Jr., which is fine, Matt, because we saw in the Baltimore game. You double-team him, then throw other routes, short routes, open looks to Jarvis Landry, to Higgins, whatever, when he's there, to Chubb even coming out. And then... If those guys burn you, they will have to pay attention to them, and that will free up Odell Beckham Jr. But even on short slant routes or something, you can get him the ball. You just have to stick with it and commit to it and stop being stupid with these long throws. So that, that I think that was Jarvis's point. Yeah, yeah. Was that we we need to stop thinking here? We need to start doing. Yeah, I'm, stop thinking I'm and doing. Very do. certain that that was his point. Well, talk about Antonio Callaway, Matt. Uh, we we, we uh, laid him to, to task on the uh, on the post-loss show, the Therapy Tuesday. Um, what do you think his role is in the Seahawks? Because his, his butt was firmly planted to the bench after that tipped, uh, a sure touchdown pass that went for an interception to San Francisco. Honest opinion, and I may be biased here, but... I thought after he failed the test and came into training camp out of shape, he told you exactly what he was going to give you, which yeah. was, I'm not going to take this seriously because I've got four weeks after camp where I can get myself into shape. This is a guy who was prayed for his conditioning in the office. Mm. great he looked. Then he fails the test, comes to camp, and looks completely lost, looks unfocused, and looked like he didn't care. And on game day, on Monday night, I saw a guy who didn't look like he was focused out there. And Not on that pass. You can't be making the kind of mistakes that he's making, running routes and what have you, and expect to stay on the field. Yeah. And I thought Freddie had an interesting comment yesterday when he was asked about Richard Higgins' availability. He said, He's healthy enough to play. We haven't yet determined if he will. Huh. Then he went on to say that if he runs the right routes and he makes the right plays and catches the ball, he can make an impact. And I'm thinking, wait a minute. So Richard can't get on the field, even though he has a proven track record of success. But that led to nothing in the way of productivity. For this entire year, since Brady took over as head coach, continues to get opportunity after opportunity. Now that I think about it, that's why I was He was a John Dorsey pick. Yeah, he was. It was real easy to part with their predecessors' picks. But they tend to give their own guys a long leash. 
Yeah. And if that's the kind of BS that's going on, it doesn't matter how much talent we add, it's not going to work. Eventually, the, the crack in the dam will turn into a flood. Well, and yeah, hopefully it doesn't get to that point. All right, Matt, let's, uh, what is our ClevelandWhiskey.com game prediction? Score and outcome prediction, please, sir. You're going to hate me. Oh, boy. Just giving you a fair warning. All right. You're going to hate me. Okay. 31-17 Seahawks. Oh. Matt, no. That would not I surprise me. You're going to hate me. That, that, that would not surprise me. It would, listen, if they play like they did in San Francisco, we're, we're going to be lucky if it's that. So, really, they're in prove-it mode to us. You're gonna do the San. You're gonna play like you did in San Francisco, or you're gonna play like you did in Baltimore. How about giving the home fans something to cheer about? Because, boy, Matt, you lose another game at home, and if it's ugly, that crowd will turn real quick. So, we yeah, better. The honeymoon will be over at that point. And let's hope. Uh, yeah, and let's hope it doesn't do that. See, Matt says 31-17 Seahawks. I think this Browns team, when it seems like their back is up against the wall in this, in this young season um they bounce back i don't think you want to get into a shootout i think if it goes north of 30 for for the seahawks the browns won't be able to keep up just how that offense is right now so i'll say 28 26 cleveland browns two-point win let's go and get back on track how about that 28 26 browns freddie figures it out uh, Seahawks are all Matt, and I'm amazed at this line from Vegas. Seahawks are only a one-point favorite in Cleveland. That is shocking to me coming off of that game. I thought for sure, like that, that is a legit pick'em. Yeah, I would take Seattle if I was a better man. Um, I just don't see how the Browns are going to keep this a one-point game. I, I based off of what I see, and you are right. They have responded to adversity with two very good performances against the Jets yep. defensively and against the Ravens pretty much all over the field. Except for that bogus touchdown you let up to Willie Sneed that mm. totally screwed me in fantasy football. Yeah. But, uh, you know, looking at it, they better play like their faction against the wall because their season's on the line. And, and Odell said it best. He said, we're there. Basically, we're at the fucking road here. It still could be very good, but it could go downhill real quick. And hopefully, it's the prior. They have to change something. There we go. Yeah, I uh, got on Twitch here. JK saying, hey, Andy, congrats on the Sportsnet gig. Thank you very much, sir. Appreciate it. They're going to be. A big, uh, big move over. Lots of fantasy sports uh, info. So you guys make sure outside of the, the doghouse here, you're keeping track at AndyMCD1 on Twitter and um, at AndyMC Sports on Instagram. So that's going to be uh, a lot of fun. But um, yeah, Matt, it's yes, congratulations, well deserved. Great opportunity for Thanks, you. Dude. And Sportsnet, like I said, I'm, I'm trying to find out if they've got a streaming package in the United States. I'd like to give you some uh, ah. some love. From Thanks, buddy. The, uh, the states, man, because they 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 have good and I I think they know, but if they don't yet, you'll 
appreciate that dude and, and you know what from you and of course the, uh, the the love I've gotten on social media from my Cleveland extended Cleveland family and Browns fans all over unreal it's just uh, that just makes me it just makes me feel so good all, all the support from anybody of course is great but from from that Cleveland side that is just just makes me me feel all all in even more um, to this Browns family and uh, and Cleveland thing that I'm a part of uh, with you and, and everybody else so it's um it, it's gonna be it's gonna be good, but Matt, you know what? Make this great. It's been a great week for me personally. Let's end it with a Browns win over the Seahawks. Let's go. Come on. Let's let's share the love. Let's head into the bye week happy, huh? Yes. Let's do it. Hit us up with your predictions, guys. Okay. Get us on Twitter at andymc81 at mattflorjancic. Matt's got some great pieces already out and coming out at wkyc.com/sports and on his social media. So check that out. Uh, Matt, that'll do it for the doghouse for this week. Hopefully we are back with a Victory Monday episode on Monday morning. Uh, enjoy the game, man. Hopefully hopefully my prediction's right and yours is not. Yeah, you know, I, I, I don't mind being well when the Browns win, but, yeah. you know, they've got to hear the climb and they've got to show up and show up. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right, man. All right, that'll do it for Matt Florjancic. I'm Andy McNamara. You've been listening to ClevelandWhiskey.com's The Doghouse. Brought to you on SB Nation and Dogs by Nature.